Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Reverend James of folkconjure.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we welcome a special guest, John St. Germain of DivineHarmonySpiritualChurch.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic on his new book, debuting at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, An Artist Among the Spirits, The Celebrated Life of Reverend Adele Clemens. They will take your calls and offer to ad- advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air to receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Kat? Hi. How are things in your world, Reverend James? Things are well. I'm just getting a little tongue-tied getting back into it, but I'm sure that'll iron it itself out. <laughs> um, other than that, um, we've been doing some yard work and things like that, you know, tidying up the property as things starting to warm up. And uh, we've had this tree that's splitting in our front yard due to uh, the roots getting too wet. And um, we've been cutting off the limbs of that to save our house. <laughs> so other than that, um, just, you know, trying to get everything ready for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. All right. The Hoodoo Heritage Festival is coming soon, guys. Better get your tickets. It is. Well, um, out here in uh, California, the roses are blooming. Everything is blooming. It's just beautiful. Um, and, um, I I just have a, a it's just a wonderful announcement today. It's National Ingress Day, and um, <laughs> nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um, so an ingress in astrology um, is when a planet enters a sign, and it's a you know. There's 30 degrees in a sign, and when a planet goes to zero, zero and enters a new sign, that's called an ingress. When it leaves a sign, it's called an egress. And National Ingress Day is something I have declared because I look at the sky, you know, all the time. I look at it both literally as much as I can see it with my bad eyesight, and I also look at at it via my iPhone, which has an app for astrology. And today I noticed that at 10.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, every planet except for Venus, Uranus, and Neptune will be below the number 7, 7 degrees. So they're all 
basically mm-hmm. aspecting one another. And I'm just going to read these out. It's in the chat. Jupiter is at 01 Taurus. The North Node is at 02 Taurus. Mercury is at 07 Taurus. Sun is at 00 Gemini. The Moon is at 00 Cancer. Mars is at 00 Leo. The Ascendant will be 01 Capricorn. Pluto will be at 00 Aquarius. And Saturn will be at 06 Pisces. And that means of the seven sacred planets, only Venus is not involved, and the outer planets, Uranus and Neptune, are not involved. They're off playing with each other in a little side room. But this is a very unusual event to have this many planets in ingress. And so this is a day. Now, I'm I'm calling it for 10.40 p.m. Pacific time. Y'all work it out for yourselves. The moon has <laughs> moves pretty fast, and the ascendant, of course, is snapping right along. So I picked a time when we both had the moon at 00, zero and we had an ascendant of 01. That was a number that was even, 10.40 as opposed to 10.38. Okay, 10.38 is really it. But, you know, so it's 10.40. I just want to tell you guys, if you're not doing anything special, at 10.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you do your own conversions, um, if you're not doing anything special, you ought to be. Uh, it's a really great time for something new, some change, something fantastic is going to happen. There are oppositions. Yes, there's a T-square. Yes, there are trines. There are sextiles. It actually makes a really interesting, big, beautiful, symmetrical pattern. Just check it out, folks. It's really an oddity. We could call it a space oddity if we wanted to. So that's the big news from the outer world. In the inner world, um, here at Lucky Mojo, we have introduced a brand new product. Um, Those of you who follow uh, AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, know that every Tuesday we announce a new web page and we had for this last Tuesday, Teresa of Lisieux, or however you pronounce that in French, which I cannot, but St. Therese, the little flower, a beautiful young woman holding roses and a crucifix. She lived a very humble and exemplary life. Her uh, basilica dedicated to her is the second most often visited Catholic shrine in France, the most visited being the Grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes. So St. Therese, we never had a, a um, an oil or a candle or anything for her, but when we put out that thing at, on Tuesday announcing that her page, which was, um, you know, really a, a lovely uh, page, I just got this idea that we ought to be doing something. And um, that page was written by the late um, Eddie Gutierrez, Dr. E. And I just got this little voice saying, why don't you have a candle for her then? And I'm like, oh, I guess we should. Mm. So Nagashiva um, fell right to it, and he just he, he designed a candle for her. Usually I'm the one who does those. He did it all on his own. And it's just there it is, St. Teresa, the little flower. We yeah, have announced the oil. And by next week, we'll have the um, bath crystals, incense, and sachet powders available. So that's news from Lucky Mojo. And for all of you Catholics who want to know uh, more about St. Teresa, there is information at that air page. She is the saint of uh, people with lung afflictions. She herself died of tuberculosis. And of young patients with chronic illness. She herself was a young patient with chronic illness. She's also the um, the patron of people with 
uh, HIV AIDS or any kind of lung condition as well. And wow. of aviators, I don't know how the aviators got in there, but she's the patroness of aviators and of those who work in Catholic missions uh, helping others. And um, there you go. So that's what's new at Lucky Mojo. The other new thing, and I'm sorry if I'm going on too long, is that the uh, books are in. We got our copies of the three new books for the year. An Artist Among the Spirits um, by John St. Germain, who's going to be our guest here in just a couple minutes. Sneaky Tricks, How to Hide Your Hoodoo in Plain Sight by Miss Michael and me. And Astrology for Root Workers by... Me and Professor A.F. Seward, a man long dead but very spiritually active. So that is our news of the week. Quite a lot of stuff going on here. And uh, the shop is open. We have plenty of walk-in customers. It's a sunny day. Come on out and see us. That's it for me. How are things with you, Conjurman? Things are, are quite well. I'm very excited to hear of all the cool news that are coming out. I'm always excited when there's new products and new books. <laughs> Sitting quite eagerly when you give these updates. Uh, like you, I was uh, I gave a big sigh of relief when, when I was watching the ingresses. Particularly, mm-hmm. I've been really waiting for, for Mars to leave cancer. I don't yes. know about you, but it's, it's been such a rough Mars that cancer. I mean, both globally and it's just one of those moments when I, when Mars finally is like, all right, I'm leaving cancer. I mean, it's not in the best of positions in Leo, but it's so much better than being fallen in cancer. And so once it left cancer, I was this moment of just, ah, I can, take, I can finally take a, I can leave, finally take a little bit of a breath. Uh, so that it's been mostly, I, I'll call this the relief day. It's, I'm just a little bit relieved. Uh, and, lo- and lots of things are sort of connecting and, and things that I had been waiting. Like, I'm just going to wait until Mars is out of cancer before I do this thing. I can now finally go ahead with those things. So I've been I've been waiting for this ingress for a little bit now, and I'm very, very excited to finally see it. I'm also super thrilled about the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's really coming up. We're only three weeks away, I think. Um, mm-hmm. We're really, it's like, you know, it's right there. You don't want to miss out on this event. It's going to be fantastic. Looking forward to hanging out with all of you. And I'm very excited that uh, one of our, our Hoodoo Heritage Festival people will be joining us today on the radio show. I'm very excited to have John St. Germain join us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to give a little quick shout-out to people in the chat. The chat room is filling up very quickly. Hi, Papa G. Hi, Jeremy Weiss. Hi, Balkan Diviner, Dr. Sweets, and uh, Dana M.K., Angela L., Aya Asha Aya 13. Someday I will know how to pronounce that one. Justin Sanders. Look who's here. Everybody showed up. Onyx Rose, um, Phyllis and, uh, my gosh, Reverend Art, Reverend James, uh, Wickway is up, the Red Queen. Everybody's here. It's a party. It's the ingress party. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? I'm telling you, the, the ingress party is happening. All right. Let's, let's, bring on, let's bring on the ingress of Reverend Dr. John St. Germain. Welcome to the show, John. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good to hear Miss Cat. Uh, congressman. Conjurman and uh, Reverend James and everybody, you were doing that. It reminded me of uh, Romper Room. Remember that? She looked at <laughs> yeah. the magic mirror and uh, exactly. 
Mary yeah, say hello, hello favorites. James, hello Art, hello little Johnny, and hello Mary. Uh, well, I you know, I probably flashback. got it. I, I didn't watch Romper Room so much, but I watched the Howdy Doody show, and they did the uh-huh. same thing. Okay. Uh, was yeah. who was having and and Sheriff John's Lunch Brigade, which you probably never saw. Sheriff John's Lunch Brigade was local to Los Angeles, and uh, he would call out the birthdays of everybody who was having a birthday. And uh, yeah, it was good times. Sheriff John, good times. <laughs> good times. Yeah. I always knew she's gonna call out my name, and then when she did, I was yeah. like, oh, she called out my name. It was good times, wasn't it? it was good times. It sure oh, was. Oh, Tony, I. <laughs> Tony, I just showed up. Hi, Tony. Um, I know. All right. Great? Well, um, yeah. Uh, so, um, John, how about you just first before we get into our topic, why don't you fill this in with what you've been doing? Give us a you know a little bit of brief catch up on you since the last time you've been here. Mostly uh, working on the uh, video presentation. Um, uh, you know, we've been trying to film it and one day a police helicopter circled directly overhead for three hours and the other the next day one of my neighbors mowed uh, her yard for three hours and then uh, uh, we just had a lot of delays and uh, but we finally got it and when we compiled the footage there were three hours of footage for a 45 minute presentation and we thought mm, I'm going to do some vigorous editing and uh, so uh, we, we finally have all the editing done on it and it's a very nice presentation the uh, leftover footage I think um, we're probably going to um, uh, recompile into two other uh, videos and we're not sure what we're going to do with those. We may just have them available for people who want more information on uh, spiritualism in the spiritual church. Um, yeah. Uh, what, again, well, I don't know what know, we're going to do with them. Yeah, well, you know how it is with these workshops, and for those who don't know, the workshops that we video for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival every year are then sold later at $25 and you get you know perpetual viewing rights, and you get a downloadable PDF notes. And mm-hmm. but anybody who is a member of Air can upload any of their own workshops that they want to. They don't have to be done at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, as long as they're willing to sell them for twenty-five dollars and take half the money. That's what mm-hmm. they do. So you mm-hmm. can certainly, if you have more, just on spiritualism in general, for instance, right. that would be something people would probably want to see. And I'm I'm, I'm going to I'm I'm raising my hand. I want it. I want oh, it. Oh, because as uh, as uh, many of you know, when I get started on a topic, I realize I know quite a bit about some topics, and once that cork gets popped, out it all comes. <laughs> so I uh, begin to realize I knew quite a bit about the history of spiritualism and quite a bit about the history of the spiritual church and out it came and with many related stories. And then we started looking at it and said, well, this is about Reverend Adele, but Reverend Adele's story encompasses so much three quarters of a century um, from around 1900 to 1970, but also to get her story. um, But we'll talk about this later. Um, But um, what's going on in my life? You know, we were, we were doing all that. And uh, of course my, uh, my good lady wife um, um, uh, retired uh, in January uh, from her day job, and she immediately said, uh, "Oh, well, you know, she did. She says, oh, I want to help you with your business.' Well, um, helping with my business uh, turned into she basically uh, took over my business, and you know, it's like who's working <laughs> for who. And uh, she is, as I've always said about her, frighteningly organized, and. Uh, her great passion is life is putting every little thing in its 
little spot. That's why she says. And uh, so within a couple of uh, within two months, my business went from piles of stuff. You know, I call it um, emotional support piles of stuff that I have <laughs> in my life to uh, complete organization, just complete organization. And, uh, you know, all the stuff that I want to do, you know, sorting emails, uh, answering emails, uh, all, all the organizational stuff that really I wasn't doing started getting done, not by me, which freed me up with time to do what I do, right, spiritual work. And uh, so I doubled my available hours. And there's a law that says work will expand to fill available hours. Well, that's a, a inverse square law. Uh, work tripled to fill available hours. So uh, I find myself working quite a bit, and uh, um, but never looking at email unless I have to answer a question. And uh, hmm. you've no idea the burden that is lifted off your life when you never yeah. have to get online. I have one of those mates myself. So welcome to the club of those happily mated with people who will deal with your email first. <laughs> oh, and she's so good at it. She is so good at it. And uh, All right. I said, oh, why don't we do this? And she's so That's happy to great. be free from her job. And, uh, 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 you know, she worked for the government. She worked for the Board of Education. And she's so happy to be free of that. And I'm so happy to be free of um trying to figure out what to do with this stuff and um which mm-hmm. obviously I'm not good at cuz I had it was like uh, sorting through you know Hercules in those stables right you know yeah, <laughs> right. know she went through my piles of stuff she said how were you doing this i said you realize for 20 years i was doing all of this right yeah. and uh, so um Oh, it's so nice to be unburdened from this stuff. And it's yeah, like a new it's day. Great. Oh, my gosh. Well, happy National Ingress Day. <laughs> That's it. Happy, happy, happy. Yes. Yeah, it's well, great. I, We've I, turned a corner. Are we, are we, well, we, I know. Our mercury retrograde was something, wasn't it? So, oh, this <laughs> was – it was ghastly. I don't even want to get in. It's gone. It's over. It's. I'm yeah, talking to everyone on a brand-new phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to our topic. Everyone knows yes. we're happy today. So mm-hmm. I hope you all are happy, um, everyone in the chat and everyone listening to this. Later on, you'll remember this was a happy day. Um, so, Reverend John, you have a new book coming out, and um, I'd like to talk about mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to talk about it just a little bit, and then we're going to turn you loose. This book is um, about... Reverend Adele Clemens, and I have to claim yes. a part in this book, even though I'm sure I'm do. just sort of uh, just sort of I don't know what my part was, but um, I've been involved in reprinting older books on Hoodoo and Conjure that were popular in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. It's called the Lucky Mojo Library of Occult Classics, and over the years I've put out this, that, and the other book by various. Um, well-known authors of pamphlets of that time period. And the very first pamphlet I put out was very short. It was called How to Conduct a Candlelight Service by uh, Mikhail Strabo and Reverend Adele Clemens. And I put it into the back of a book called The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic because it was very short, and but very amazingly complete. And so it took that book from being around personal spells to being, there was a second section that I wrote about missionary independent spiritual church, how to 
run a candle service for the public. And then the third section was this book by Mikhail Strabo, whose real name was Sidney J.R. Steiner, and Reverend Adele Clemens about how to have a public spiritual um, church event and, mm-hmm. and gave sample sermons by Adele Clemens. And right. yep. so I became interested in who she was. And John, you were at that time uh, taking on the role of the voice of the Crystal Silence League. And yep. I was, yep. we were talking about, you know, different um, spiritual churches of the past and Divine Harmony Spiritual Church was at that time not being operated. A man named um, a Doc Hilfer had, had, yeah, and um, yeah, but but then he had let it lapse, and so I said, you, you know, you ought to take that up, and you said, who's Adele Clemens? And I said, well, that's a good mystery. I don't know the answer to that, and I had no looked around. You know, no one did, right, and I'd looked around for who was Adele Clemens, and I could not find an Adele Clemens at the right time in the right place. I did find another Adele Clemens, but I knew she was the wrong person, and um, I said to you, Hey, John, you figure it out. And you and your son figured it out. Now we know who was the woman who wrote that book that I included in uh, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. And when I go back to press with The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, I've now got to revise it to talk a little bit more about her. I've already revised it once when you started your research, but now I can say, hey, there's a whole book on her life. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you. That's where I kind of passed the baton to you and said, this woman is important in the history of the African-American spiritual church movement, and I know nothing more about her. And there you go. Who is she? Okay. Well, first, we, we made assumptions about her. We, uh, we knew, what we knew was that from her introduction was that um, somewhere in the 1940s, uh, because of the date of her introduction, uh, she had Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Harlem, so the assumption was she was an African-American woman. Um, the first newspaper article I was able to uh, dig up uh, showed that she was from Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania originally and had moved to Harlem and lived there for about four years uh, and was a, a tiny little white woman with blonde hair with a uh, canary-like voice. And that she was also an artist who had an art gallery, and she was the brother of John Clemens of the uh, very well-known art firm, Saxon and Clemens, who also had a gallery in Carnegie Hall. And we were all very surprised, and she also at the time made claims, uh, had a claim, as did John Clemens, that they were descended from Samuel Langhorne Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain. Now, that led me on a, a search because how, how surprising uh, what was a uh, upper middle class Protestant white woman doing in Harlem during the 40s uh, running a spiritual church and then she kept that spiritual church going when she came back um, to uh, Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania uh, now I'm really intrigued right? so I start digging and digging and digging and I come across an article uh, that in her 20s she was a vaudeville performer I'm thinking uh, hello <laughs> and so I start digging some more and some more and some more and digging some more and uh, my son is a, as an expert researcher he's researched genealogy and census records uh, for the sake of finding our family and he says well look at this 
So now this becomes an obsession, and um, uh, we we just dig and dig and dig and dig and learn more and more and more and more, and also about uh, John Clemens and Max Saxon, his domestic partner uh, of of um, Saxon and Clemens, and um, so I, I build a Facebook page for uh, Reverend Adele, and then I start locating some of her artworks. And I began collecting those, and her art style was very eclectic. She, at times, was an expressionist, at times a realist, uh, at times uh, art nouveau, uh, <clears throat> watercolors, gouache. Um, she collected uh, 17th century engravings, and she tinted them. She would delicately tint these with a uh, wash and watercolor. She built things. She refinished furniture. She became an expert in her area at refinishing furniture. She did card readings. She did astrological readings. And she uh, uh, always did the uh, card readings uh, from her mother's house when she was growing up. She was an initiate uh, into spiritualism from an early age. A, um, uh, an advocate for uh, women's rights and for um, uh, other uh, civic causes, minority rights, as was her mother. Her mother, Rosa, was uh, a very outspoken and independent woman. Now, she was born in 1901. So when she started growing up, uh, her mother was having uh, at-home parties uh bingo parties at her church, but also seance parties. We know this because her mother advertised them. And it would say uh, seance circles, you know, at uh, 327 Walnut Street, Rosa, hosted by Rosa Clemens, a dainty luncheon will be served after, which we just found charming. <laughs> a dainty luncheon will be served after. So my son and I started saying, would you like to go for a dainty luncheon? <laughs> you know, and, uh, 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 very charming. Uh, her dad was a brick mason and uh, probably the most successful one in that area. Um, she had uh, four brothers, and she's closest to her brother, John. Uh, they all were reasonably successful. Uh, her brother, John Clemens, was also a concert pianist in the Catskills. Uh, John and Adele uh, composed um, sheet music that was published. This was uh, a person who was... Uh, almost uh, frenetically creative. Uh, there was absolutely no field that you can name that she was not involved in creatively. She told the newspaper reporter, I have two passions, uh, art and spirituality. And she stayed uh, active in both of these until her death in uh, 1971. Uh, I'm not going to give too many details because uh, you really have to read this book. I'm going to tell you that book was originally 400 pages long. Oh, my gosh. There was was so many things I could tell you about her and the people she met, the places she had seen, the adventures she had. Um, And uh, so when I gave uh, you guys the book, it was pared down to about 150 pages, and we had to pare it down even more to make it the uh, uh, 96 pages. But I have so many newspaper articles about her from all over the country. Um, of course, she met the psychic researcher and author, Herewood Carrington, uh, who yes. you know, was an associate of Harry Houdini, right? And mm-hmm. he became her agent, and he was the reason she went to New York. And mm-hmm. she was at Carnegie Hall. She had a, a office at Carnegie Hall. 
uh, along with uh, Max Saxon and John Clemens. And uh, I have a whole portfolio of advertisements that uh, uh, John and Max took out in some magazines. One, one is Interior Magazine, which is a very exclusive magazine for decorators. And uh, it shows where they moved from West 33rd Street to uh, East 55th Street, which is a really exclusive neighborhood. And uh, I've got this whole portfolio of advertisements they took out there when they moved. And, um, you know, these ads say um, decorators only. Uh, it's not open to the public. And uh, it, it says uh, 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 the public uh, patrons bring a decorator with you. You know, it's like if you were decorating your house, you had to bring your decorator with you. A licensed decorator. They didn't sell to just the public, and they uh, displayed Adele's artwork in there. I have a lot of Adele's artwork with a Saxon and Clemens sticker on the back, and they're numbered. These things are numbered. They're registered and numbered. You know, they they took great pride in their work, and uh, <clears throat> so Adele was at Carnegie Hall giving lectures. She also had an office where she gave readings. So she was developing this idea of having a uh, fortune teller parlor art gallery and working at a, as a pastor in one of uh, Father Major Divine's churches, uh, the Church of Spiritual Revelation. And, well, uh, hold up, hold up there, hold up there. You just sure. introduced a mm-hmm. new name, okay. Father Major Divine. Okay. So okay. Explain who uh, yeah. Father Divine is because Father Divine, this is where this intersects mm. with hoodoo, and we need to get into yes. that. Father Major Divine uh, – was this charismatic uh, religious and civil rights leader. Uh, Most historians uh, believe he was a man named George Baker who was born in uh, 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 Rockland, Maryland. And uh, he became a charismatic preacher of the New Thought tradition. And uh, he had a a group home in uh, Sayville, New York that attracted uh, hundreds of followers. Uh, at one time, it was believed his followers numbered in the millions nationwide. He uh, he preached a uh, a uh, doctrine of uh, be nice, and uh, his followers believed he was the Messiah. And he had a um, uh, a non segregated um, congregation. He believed blacks and whites were equal, and he forbade anybody to speak of race. He said this black white stuff it's ridiculous. Um, he also uh, exhorted his followers to abstain from uh, marital relations, from sex. Once a husband and wife joined his following, it's like you, we are all genderless. We are all raceless. Uh, he believed that, that food would heal. He, he, he hosted these huge banquets where everybody was invited. He fed the poor like the Black Panthers later. He gave these huge breakfasts and poor to anyone who wanted to come. And by huge, I mean uh, blocks long tables with food. He believed food healed. Um, he uh, began bringing um, the blacks to voting places because the white power structure in New York were gerrymandering and also making it very difficult for the blacks to come and vote. Well, he loaded up buses with um, – he, he, he bought all these buses, and he would load them up uh, with black voters and take them to voting polls. Uh, which began to attract the ire of the establishment in New York. Uh, uh, William Randolph Hearst, a newspaperman who, you know, ruined Orson Welles and other people, um, 
uh, took an special interest in him at about this time, as did uh, Mayor uh, LaGuardia, and began to harass him. Some of the newspaper articles about him at that time are just uh, uh, oh, disgraceful. They're just disgraceful. They make fun of him, and uh, you know the names and. Uh, it's just, it's it would it, I got I got these things. I'd like to write a little book about Major uh, Father Major Divine uh, um, because to his followers he was the Messiah. They they uh, believed he could raise the dead. Uh, once a judge was passing sentence on him and the, and the judge uh, was about to pass sentence and he dropped dead in the court. And uh, Father Divine said, I hated to do that. Very sadly, I hated to do that. Um, <laughs> but he he made me do it. And there were people in the courtroom. Of course, hundreds of people came to the courtroom, and uh, they said uh, a chorus of angels appeared. There, the angels were uh, – bolts of light were around, and they spoke in uh, angelic tongues. They believed he could raise the dead. There were eyewitness accounts that um, – People were corpses, and he'd, he'd speak to whisper in their ear, and they'd stand up and begin eating. You know, of course, food healing, mm-hmm. right? He'd, he'd, he'd lay food in front of them, and, you know, these formerly dead people would just start eating ravenously. So mm-hmm. um, this was Father Major Divine, and he had many churches um, where uh, they uh, they gave ceremonies, uh, uh, and they were uh, New Thought ceremonies. Um, and... Uh, uh, they had uh, candle services. So mm-hmm. Adele became associated with Father Divine, uh, most likely through uh, – I mean, there were several courses. Uh, he he gave lectures at Carnegie Hall also. So there could have been that, but also Hereward Carrington was fascinated with, uh, with uh, Father Major Divine, and most likely that's how they met. So – we know Adele Clemens was working uh, at the Church of Divine Revelation and um, uh, and some of his other churches. And um, for at least three months, maybe four, and um, the uh, Church of Divine Revelation, when she had her own parlor at um, Carnegie Hall, she began doing candle services there as well for some of her clients. Who probably wouldn't go to Harlem, you know, Carnegie Hall, upstate New York, and mm-hmm. here's Harlem. So mm-hmm. she began doing her uh, fortune telling. They didn't do fortune telling in these churches. They had mediums, but they didn't do card readings. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but so she had her card readings at Carnegie Hall for a different clientele, and uh, uh, she started introducing candle services uh, in her unique fashion. Um, she began developing her uh, her services at Father Divine's as well, like the peace service, which you mm-hmm. read about in uh, Strobel's, Strobel's book, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and some of her um, unique ways of doing it. And we know that she probably was not doing that at Father Divine's church because the Bible was not um, the book that uh, Father Divine used. He had a, a newspaper that was the scripture for his churches. He, he didn't quote from the Bible, and the peace service does. So that mm-hmm. was most likely Adele's um, service beginning to end. Um, most likely uh, how to give a candlelight service is uh, Adele's 
Uh, yeah, I, I I just got to jump in here. If you all haven't mm-hmm. read How to Conduct a Candlelight Service, it it gives several service one of services. One is the mm-hmm. peace service, and there's another one which is the color candle service. And yes. this is a a long service. Now, when I was young, <clears throat> I attended color candle services, probably taught from her book, and um, by King Louis Narcisse in Oakland, California at Mount Zion Spiritual Temple. And they were done in various ways. You could either have all of the candles for all of the colors, and it would be a a fairly long service where each color was called out, or there would be one color per Sunday, and there would be a series of these. Today we're going to do white. Tomorrow, excuse me, not tomorrow, next Sunday, uh, we're going to do a pink candle service. I want you to wear pink, bring pink flowers. And people would be told in advance, and then the, the sermon would be on the meaning of pink and the meaning of friendship and peace and, and you know kindness and things like that. The next week it would be another color. So these, to me, what I saw in Oakland in the 60s, I'm very sure came from Adele Clemens's artistic mm. work as an artist she I believe this so, this yes. stuff in Mikhail Strabo's book is from her service okay that's oh, all I got to I believe so too and she she liked flowers too and I believe that her blessing service probably involved involved flowers uh, later yes. on she did press flower <clears throat> works and um, uh, I believe that she uh, gave out pressed flowers and fresh flowers to um, the uh, the uh, you know burning candles in religious uh, uh, context been around centuries, right? Uh, they started entering the spiritual church, as far as we can see, um, around the 40s and, and going across uh, the country with books like uh, uh, Gamash and uh, Strobo. So, did they start in Harlem at that time? I, I don't see. I don't know. I can't find documentation of where the colored candle service started, but it seems to have started in um, Harlem or in New York spiritual churches around the 40s. Do, do yes, you know there, there, there was, yeah, there yeah. are, you can find it in Harry Hyatt's um, documentation of of um, spiritual church workers in New Orleans that they used to color, you would need to blue, burn a blue candle or a white candle, right. but they didn't have public color candle services. Right, right, the and public service. I, I believe and the reason I reprinted that book was that book was still in print when I was young. That book was in print until, you know, around the year 2000 or so. And then it just mm-hmm. went out of print. And so there were spiritual churches in the African-American community. These would be spiritual church movement churches like Metropolitan Spiritual Church, things like that. These are not the mm-hmm. national um a spiritual association of churches, which are primarily white, they did these color candle services, and I know they were all influenced by that book. That book was a well-known book, and in the book itself, it says, "Do not show this book to everybody." In other words, it was not right. meant for the home practitioner; it was meant mm. for pastors only. So, yeah. yeah. So Adele Clemens ends up as this, and see, Mikhail Strabo. Now, uh, using his pseudonym, Mikhail Strabo was very interested in um, documenting and promoting and working with African American root workers yes. and mm-hmm. publishing this material. But Adele was his kind of go-between in that she was a white woman living in a black community associated with a black pastor, and she presented this stuff. There are some um, 
material from the 30s of um, like St. Martin Spiritual Church in Washington, D.C., where we see flower services and other things that um, Gordon Parks, the film director later in his life, was, was a photographer for the government at the time, and he took photos of it, but none of it was quite what Adele did. And that book of, of Strabo's, or Adele's, uh, they co-worked on it, um, really spread the color candle service all over the country. So she has a very odd role in this. It, it's a it's an unspoken so. role. And now you can see why we thought she must be black because we're like, well, here she is in she lives in Harlem. Her church is in Harlem. The address is in Harlem. Who is she? Mm. She turns out to be this little diminutive bird-like white woman. <laughs> but right. had had not Father Divine forbidden the mention of race and had he not integrated his congregation at a time when that was literally against the law this would not have happened in the way that it did she just moved into this inviting space and she already came with a knowledge of spiritualism and mediumship and that she brought that she didn't learn that from father divine Right. Um, well, I think Father Divine came in. Uh, Adele had a practice of Divine Harmony before she came mm-hmm. up there. She had a uh, Divine Harmony group, and she had this philosophy of balancing opposing forces to create harmony. Mm-hmm. And what better uh, model of that is to be a, a white woman in a black church, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, she wasn't the first or the only white pastor in spiritual churches, but mm-hmm. she was – a rarity, right? Uh, but not the first or the last. Uh, the spiritual churches had been um, integrated, and uh, 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 Norzil Hurston and Henry Hyatt said as many as 20% of congregations of spiritual churches um, were white. Um, mm-hmm. Harlem may have been uh, less, but it was an accepted practice, uh, yes, except for and, some and churches. Also, were, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, no, no. You go right ahead. uh, Well, I was going to say there were also, in Harlem at the time, there were also white hoodoo shop owners, um, one Mm. of whom, um, um, so-called Jupiter Man, the Jupiter Man, uh, was interviewed by a black journalist, and the material was published. I have put it out online for my patrons, and, um, and, but as you find out from reading the interview with this man who was called, quote, a Negro by the woman who interviewed him because she was being paid to interview, quote, Negroes by the U.S. government. But when you start reading it, he's not black. He's actually Jewish, and he's he's um, he's living in Harlem also. Also, at the same time that, that Adele Clemens was there, um, Black Herman was living just a few blocks away. And Black Herman was this famous um, herbalist, African-American herbalist and stage magician. And this kind of fits in with Herwood Carrington, Harry Houdini, and Adele Clemens and her vaudeville career. So, and I just wanted, I put it in the chat, Herwood Carrington, who was her agent, was the man who wrote the screenplay for the very first film ever made uh, about occultism and crystal gazing and astrology and you name it, um, called The Mysteries of Myra, and it came out in 1916. So Herwood Carrington kind of also was one of these tween worlds. Yes, and I want to say was. one I, I want to say one other thing about Adele. 
her brother, we, we haven't outright stated it because it never was outright stated. Her brother was gay and he yes. had a gay partner. This was also very, you know, off the, you know, off the stage of how life should be. So she committed herself to being with her gay brother and she married herself. She was not um, asexual, nor was she a lesbian. She married and a couple of times. And but she, times. yeah. But when she wasn't with her husband, she was with John and Max, and that was her family, and especially after her mother um, passed away. But it, it, she was very attached to them, and that was a whole another weirdness. I mean, this woman was very bohemian, very odd woman, but very, very brave. Yeah. I'll tell you something very interesting. Um, two days ago, and this is how, uh, as I said, let those who doubt uh, silent projection scoff if they want, but two days ago, I heard from the grandniece of Max Saxon, mm-hmm. who said in her family they didn't know much about Max Saxon wanted to she gave me some uh, family information about his uh, ancestors which has answered a few questions that uh, my son and I lacked but she said that uh, the family uh, her mother who was uh, Max Saxon's niece always referred to uh, John and Max as partners mm-hmm. said John Brand, uh, Mac, Max and his partner John um, more or less verifying that they were domestic partners and uh, which is very clear if you look at um, their travel itinerary, which we have, and uh, um, their uh, lifelong friendship. They were they were uh, inseparable, and uh, the uh, Clemens family that I've talked to, um, you know, they visit home, and the newspaper articles would say Rosa Clemens um, had a dinner party with all these guests, at, uh, also John Clemens and. His friend Max Clemens from New York, or Max Saxon Max from New Saxon. York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Max Saxon yeah. from New York, and uh, so it becomes uh, very obvious um, that that's the case. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Adele was married twice. The first husband was a scoundrel. Her second husband was a wonderful man. But I tell you, Adele answered to no man. You know, she mm-hmm. was uh, uh, the epitome of the uh, liberated woman, the liberated mind, she did exactly what she wanted to do. She um, went exactly where she wanted to go, and uh, she she asked nobody's permission to do anything. And again, very remarkable from someone who lived uh, through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and some of the 70s. Um, she Anything she wanted to do, she did, and she made her own living throughout. She never depended on anybody else for a living. Yeah, which again, she, remarkable, she also, remarkable one. Yes, yeah. She also taught courses in metaphysics. She wasn't yes. just a psychic reader, and um, she and art. She also yeah, and she taught art. That's right. And um, one of the terms she used for self-description was she calls herself a metaphysician, which is a very interesting word. Um, metaphysics is a is, is itself an odd word, and she called herself a metaphysician as a title. And uh, she she taught a ten a, a week course on how to become involved with divine harmony. And in your book, there is a the the chapter headings for the ten laws of divine harmony. These would be the ten weeks of study. 
So right. I'm just going to quickly go through them. Um, the divine mind is number one. Number two is divine unity. Number three is divine correspondence and correlation. So, you know, as above, so below. Number four mm-hmm. is divine action. And and this is sort of where we get into new thought, you know, that you that thoughts become actions. And number five is divine change. And this is about matter having vibrational rates, but that it can transmute. Things can transmute into other things. Number six mm-hmm. is divine causes and subsequent effects. So this is where we get into ideas such as the uh, oh, you know, the Hindu idea of karma or mm-hmm. what we might call the law of cause and effect in mm-hmm. Western mm-hmm. concepts. Number seven was divine, divine polarity and how to master it. So this is polarity is the kind of, she starts off with unity, now she goes to polarity. So this is like light versus dark, good and evil, which are like two poles of a magnet. And then... um the next one, uh, course number eight, was the ebb and flow of divine rhythm. So this is about cycles of time. Uh, number nine was the process of divine balance. So once you've got all these things going on, the union, the opposition, the cycles, the changes, transmutations, then we have divine balance. And then the last uh, lesson which was the last week of the 10-week course, transforming mental energy into divine harmony. And so this is where you really bring it in to yourself and uh, deal with um, life and death and balance. And it's also about healing and, and bringing peace to the mentally stressed. That was her course. So she is a person who was way ahead of her time, obviously. But I wanted people to know that she wasn't just, you know, wandering around (laughs) giving candle services. She also taught these classes and had students and made a real impact on people's lives. Well, even when she taught art, um, she taught uh, art classes. She also taught music classes occasionally. Everything she taught was about balance, balance of color, balance of form, balance of shape, balance of life. And uh, when I was looking for various locations of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, I came upon a um, a realization. Divine Harmony Spiritual Church isn't a place. It Mm. was her. Mm -hmm. It was her. Wherever she went, there was Divine Harmony Spiritual Church. Being in her presence was Divine Harmony's spiritual church. didn't matter where she was. She had several places um, that she lived. She was in Bayberry, Maine for a while taking care of her mother. She was in Hollywood for a while um, mm-hmm. with an art gallery right across is on Hollywood Boulevard, by the way. It was pretty good, a pretty good location. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to Egypt mm-hmm. on an expedition. Um, she, I mean, her life was just amazing, but anywhere she went, there was Divine Harmony Spiritual Church because it was not a location. It was mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. She created it out of this Divine Harmony. And whoever she met, uh, wherever she went, there was Divine Harmony. And that was Divine mm-hmm. Harmony Spiritual Church. Not a place, not a building, mm-hmm. but her. Yeah, I was fascinated to, the, uh, to learn that she had gone to Egypt for an initiation. And yes. the nature her, of her, that, niece, it, her niece told me that her niece told me that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the nature That's of that initiation is not known, <laughs> so we don't know no. what it was. 
Um, I wonder if it's one of those pyramid initiations that were quite popular in the time period. She that came may back be. With a, she came back with a picture of herself in a white robe and, a, and as her niece told me, a strange necklace and said she'd been initiated <laughs> mm. as a priestess in a secret order. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, you just go, wow, okay. But you know, I would love the details. But yeah. no one, you know, no one in her family, she didn't tell anyone exactly what it was, you know, and her, her grandniece, Joy, who's still alive, the, the only really living family member that knew her, uh, you know, she's a delightful woman in her 80s. Uh, we've invited her to come, you know, to the festival. Um, she, the only source of real information was her parents, uh, Adele's brother, Walter, and his wife. And, uh, you know, uh, she said uh, Adele used to come visit her. Right and play uh, cards. She and Rosa used to come and play cards and bridge, you know. And uh, 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 you know, she she had seen some of Adele's card readings, which apparently she had several methods. But I I saw the uh, circular form. She described the circular form as astrological reading to me. Uh, <clears throat> but she uh, she um, and she said Max and John used to visit too and bring her books. A great insight. Yeah. She, she, yeah. They'd visit and bring the children books. That they'd bring them <laughs> gifts from New York, and there were books. Um, and uh, you know, Joy lived in California, so they'd come from New York to California. But of course, they had offices there too. They had you know uh, branches of um, Saxon and Clemens in different parts of the country. But you know, um, and and to this to this day, Saxon and Clemens um, framed artwork. What they did was they would take. Um, Art, uh, it could be old engravings and which she watercolored. It could be um, paintings, but they were they also did framing and they on the back of everything they framed there'd be this little Saxon and Clemens sticker, and people and numbers. you can look and numbers right yeah. numbers and mm-hmm. and you can find them on eBay still probably if John's not buying them all <laughs> they but people they're still well known. Um, among in the art world for having some very amazing uh, pieces of art that they put through their oh, art gallery. Oh, and the frames, the frames are usually handmade, and the frames are gorgeous, and, and they're so solid. Uh, they're just amazing frames. People buy them for the frames a lot of times. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I do buy a lot of them. I usually buy the ones that I've um, – uh, ascertained at least 95% sure are Adele's. And, uh, you know, I have a gallery in the Divine Harmony Spiritual Church that I have of Adele artwork. And uh, you can see those on the uh, Facebook page and also on the website, mm-hmm. some of Adele's artwork. And uh, yeah. I, consider, I consider them relics, you know, they're, they're relics, they're sacred relics. The uh, um, Oh, the frames. But the Saxon and Clement stuff is considered collectible, and people pay – uh, sometimes uh, up to two thousand dollars for some of that stuff, and um, I um, I've got them. Sometimes people don't know what they have. I've got them anywhere from uh, twenty five dollars. I just but I just paid like eighteen hundred dollars for an oil painting that Adele did, and um, wow, yeah, it was. But you know, I had to have it. I I, I talked her down from twenty two. So um, <laughs> you know, I said, would you take fifteen hundred? She said eighteen. I said, okay, I'll get it. But it's a masterpiece. You know, it's over my. I mean, I've got a picture of it. It's over one of my altars out there, and it's a beautiful oil painting of a gondolier in Italy. Uh, it's a lovely thing, and um, it's got her signature in the corner. Uh, and uh, I, 
compared it to a signature on her, uh, actually her wedding application to uh, John Brandon, mm-hmm. and it's identical. So no doubt it was her. Um, so uh, this was a uh, a person who lived life to the uh, to the utmost, um, mm-hmm. and I just consider her life a a tribute, an example of. Mm-hmm. Um, how to get the most, get the most, to uh, channel this divine. She said she taught classes on how to turn um, mental energy into spiritual power. Um, mm-hmm. And and she certainly did that. And it's an example to all of us. You know, she, she, I don't, she never wasted her time in arguing with people. Uh, she uh, didn't get involved in any of the uh, controversies of her time uh, in the spiritualist community. Um, uh, I can't see her getting involved in any kind of witch wars or argument about um, any of the many conflicts that went on around her, she survived two wars, two world wars. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, she grew up in a in a town in the very center of the Union Wars, uh, the mining controversies, and uh, she just floated around. And it, one newspaper article, I think, described her very well, and it is obvious that the reporter must have known her. Uh, there's this one reporter that wrote a lot of articles about her in a Wilkes Bar newspapers. He said, uh, um, Adele is content to sit quietly by her window with her head down, uh, drawing and painting, oblivious to the world around her. Hmm. Well, what she stands out for me is one of the things that I've uh, realized through my own research and also through reading books, scholarly books, academic books on the history of the spiritual and spiritual mm-hmm. church movements is that many of these congregations were women-led. They, yes, there, were. Was a, there was a great place for women in the spiritual church movement. There are reasons for this, and one of them mentioning World War One and World War Two, particularly um, it, it actually started in the Civil War. Um, so mm-hmm. many men were killed and so many women were left as grieving mothers, sisters, um, yes. fiancés, and wives, and they wanted to contact these dead men. And the number of men killed was so disproportionate to the population. World War One, it happened again. And spiritualism became more energetically associated with women who were left trying to contact these men who had departed. And it again mm-hmm. happened yes. in World War Two, And mm-hmm. she really understood that, but she was not, I wouldn't say, um, you know, like a, a hardline, you know, feminist type person. She no, was one, no. one of a number of women who led spiritualist congregations. Many of their um, congregants were female, and for that they are mar- mocked by the mainstream religious media. Yes. But mm-hmm. that's what we have. It, spiritualism is often a church of women. Not always, but often. Well, there's our music, and that was fantastic, John. What a presentation. And I know oh, from you. having read the book, we just barely touched on it. And I want to make a big shout-out to Deacon Millet for editing your book from its length down to 96 pages and <laughs> yes. uh thank, thank you deacon millet thank you deacon millet he really did a great job and i'm going to give myself a little hand wave here in attempting <laughs> to recreate 
Adele Clemens's astrological card reading, I put up something in the back of the book too. So if you like my card readings and want to learn about them, that's another reason to get the book. Just a short little piece that I added at the end. All right. Well, we're going to take a um, a client. Thank you so much, John, for 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 doing this. And, um, sure, and we're going to sure. take a client now. And let's take it away. Thank you, Ms. Cat. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Sonic Boomin or Jen Sanders in the chat today. And they are calling from area code uh, 858 in California. And he is calling about uh, an update from a previous reading from 2019 and says that there has been changes and and justice has been slow. And he writes, "Uh, I am trying to decipher a time frame on when I should get this breakthrough for the legal situation that I am litigating against multiple government organizations. And it's all due to my ex who ex of mine who went in and tried to finesse on child support. They are all going to lose. I just need to get the evidence fairly heard and examined. My ex flat out lied to child support about our situation. And so now because they acted unjustly on her behalf and have violated my rights, it's time to drag them all to hell. I'm just counting the days patiently. I got a landmark case with multiple politicians involved. All of these judicial officers are done. Turning it over to you, Ms. Katz. Wow. All right. Well, it's nice mm. to hear from you again, um, Sonic Booman. Um, Justin, uh, I'm going to turn this reading over to Contraband because he's been silent during all of this and we need to hear his beautiful voice next. <laughs> and he's going to do your first reading, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Basket. Uh I'm not uh, familiar with this situation. If I am, it's been long enough that I have <laughs> I've forgotten it's 2019. Uh, could you tell me just a little bit about uh, how long has this case been going on for, roughly? Well, it was opened in 2019, you know, and so I've just been honestly working pro se, like, the whole time, just doing the research, you know. They really just looked at it initially when I came in. It's just like, oh, this guy's a bomb. We'll be able to run him over. And so I just pulled the other veterans around me and said, hey, man, look at this, you know. And so I got him dead to rights now. Right, and is it actually in? Are you currently litigating it, or are you thinking about litigating it? Like, no, no, I, I'm currently litigating it. Like, I, I literally got Congressman Scott Peters involved. Everybody, like, they know that I'm a public officer now too in the American Legion. So, I just flat out told the judge, I was like, "Your career is over. You'll never work in California when I'm done with you. Your grandkids what, gonna be paying." And what is your sign of the zodiac? If you don't mind me asking. Capricorn, but I'm a liberal. Capricorn. I mean, that that is very fitting. No one wants to cross a, a Capricorn. Whenever a Capricorn still ends up, it's the uh, it's that Saturnian Mars. The patience there is, is 
is not something you you want, <laughs> you want to deal with. All right, so I I'm going to pull cards here to see, for example, uh, what is going on in this case, uh, what your chances are. Can I just interrupt for a minute too? You may not know if you don't remember. Justin is no, no. also a graduate graduate of my course. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, just mean, had to jump that in. Knows what he's knows what he's doing. Knows okay. what he's doing. So gonna, okay. Now, first, uh, just based off of the, the astrological weather, uh, as you probably were listening uh, early on, we were talking about the various ingresses. Mars has moved out of Cancer into Leo, which is actually a very good sign for you. This is an ideal time for litigation. It strengthens cases. Mars in a Leo in the sign of Leo is that of the warrior, and it is the warrior that is just. It's very different from, say, Mars in Aries, who can sometimes be a little bit unjust. This is particularly a good time for you, specifically since Mars in its um, uh, Mars in Cancer is dejected or it's fallen. It's not a particularly good place. Mercury has also come out of retrograde, which is good for litigation. Whenever they mark Mercury is in retrograde, not so good for litigation. So I've pulled cards here. So just in terms of the weather, the weather looks good for you. Uh, I've pulled some cards here, and uh, we're going to look and see what this means in regards to the future of this litigation. The first card is the Three of Pentacles. The Three of Pentacles is an indication that the foundation that you have laid out is a pretty strong foundation. It's built well. Here we see three figures, one who is building a cathedral and two more that are looking on. And some say that's the architect and the patron. Others say they're simply observers. But they're building quite a beautiful uh, cathedral, and it takes all three of them working together, the person who is the craftsman, the builder, the person who is the architect, and the person who is patronizing it, all three of them working together in order to lay this foundation out. You say that you've reached out to various uh, figures, and, uh, political figures, others who have supported you, have also checked in with others. That's good. Alliances here are crucial will lay out a strong foundation for you. The research that you've done, the work that you've done, the background information, if you will, that you've done here is going to be to your advantage. What it's done is it's created a solid foundation upon which you built your case. Bringing in others has also been incredibly important. If you stood alone in this matter, then the foundation would be weak and it would be easy to attack. So you've taken the right steps. This is a good confirmation that tells us the things you have done so far are good for you in this instance. The next card that we have is the Three of Cups. And the Three of Cups is a card of celebration, of victory, of things going your way. That indicates at the present you are in an auspicious, auspicious moment. We are looking again at the figure of three. So it's interesting that three, three, three pentacles, three of cups. Again, there is a strong emphasis on alliance, on people working alongside you, people working with you. If you uh, make sure that your lawyer is or your representative is very strong, make sure that are very strong. Any type of magical work or root work that is done to bolster the support here is going to be crucial. So don't just do magical work. I'm signposting a little bit for Miss Cat here who's going to give you a root work. Don't just do magical work for victory, not just, just to, to, to be victorious, but to to support that victory, you need to make sure that your uh, witnesses, your lawyers, your advocates are all strong. Oh, so hold on, yeah. Go ahead. 
I'm sorry, say that again. I'm going to say I'm not even using a lawyer. It's just me. I'm just I'm no, literally got, here without you, you got to bring in alliances. It's really crucial <laughs> here, and this is why you've got to – if you stand by – I mean, reaching out to Scott Peters is great. Having a representative is great. But if you're just representing yourself, that's going to that's gonna hurt you a little bit. The research you've done is great. The, the evidence you've built is great. All of that is solid. That's the three of pentacles. You've all got you've got a solid foundation here. But bring in someone that will maybe that you will come to represent yourself. That's fine. But you need to have whether it's a paralegal or some type of advocate or some everything for you that makes sure okay. that you've dotted your eyes and crossed your teeth. The reason for this is that anything, when it comes to any type of bureaucratic work, all it needs is for you to fill out one paperwork wrong. That's all that's required for foundations to fall apart. So the research you've done, great. The evidence you've built up, fantastic. That's your three of pentacles. You've got a good foundation. But make sure you've reached out to, to your congressperson. That's excellent, right? Bringing any type of sort of public attention in that regard, particularly because you're dealing with a corrupt justice, is really, really good here. But the three of cups indicates that any type of success is going to be a collective success. So this is why I'm saying to this cat, any type of root work must involve supporting, making, making sure you have strong witnesses, strong advocates, and strong lawyers, people that are going to surround you. The final card that we get is the seven of pentacles. It is possible here, but it is a victory that will be delayed. It is slow moving. Here we have a person who has planted their seeds. The seeds are slowly starting to grow and pausing before they're able to harvest those plants. Uh, so yes, you've planted the seeds. Yes, you've done the work that you do. If you follow my device and you follow the root work that you get and you get good advocates and good support and good witnesses, then you will be victorious, but you're going to have to be patient because it's not going to be the timeline that you hoped. It might take a little bit longer than you desire. I'm going to turn this over to John St. Germain, and then you're going to have Ms. Cat do the root work. Okay, Justin. Well, I put out five cards. I'm reading from the uh, Dondorf Lenormand, by the way, which is um, pretty good for situations like you have, hard situations. Um, I want to tell you that I have the cross, I have the crossroads, the bear, the fox, and the sun. Now, uh, first and last cards are very important. The cross means a burden. It's uh, In the Lenormand, the cross doesn't mean uh, spiritual. It means the cross, the cross. Bore. So you've been carrying this burden, obviously. This is a burden you've been carrying a long time. The sun means, though, that um, the outcome is uh, most likely going to be very positive. Um, but what's in between is uh, hard. But there's still a lot of work to do before you have a positive outcome. Um, the crossroads shows that you're at a turning point, though. The next uh, uh, small, the next few days, the next few weeks can be uh, very crucial. Because the crossroads means it can go either way, right? It can go your way or it can go south. Um, the bear, uh, the bear indicates uh, law. It means the lawman, uh, and this can all this can mean the law, the the main lawyer in the case, the person making the decision, and uh, this can be the judge. Now, here's the the pivotal thing here: uh, the fox. The fox means there's deception. And this means you have to look at every detail. You can't overlook anything. Um, and this means deliberate deception. This means a deliberate attempt to trap you. So uh, 
this means you have to have someone who's equally clever uh, in this situation. Uh, this is a deliberate attempt to, to, to fox you, right? And the fox is very clever. And this is why I always advise anybody, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, I have lots of clients that call me and uh, they say, yeah, we're up against this thing here. I say, well, do you have a lawyer? Well, no. I say, well, you better, and you better have a good one. And, you know, don't, don't go down to the mall and get you some guy at a kiosk, you know, get you the best lawyer you can afford, someone with a history. So this situation does have something very strange. Uh, the fox hides in the den, you know, and then comes out with the trickery. So, um, uh, were you about to ask a question or say something? Well, no, I just, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually paying attention and listening, sir. Like, this is a big thing. Like, um, a veteran that's much older than me, he's a judge advocate general out of Texas, and he already got mm-hmm. him for a precedent for $100 million in Texas off the same situation. But they tried to finesse using his Social Security and all of that, and they don't have yeah. it for that. But they're trying to finesse, and so I'm showing them, like, bro, I got way less than this, and it's like the American Legion is involved. Now I said, you guys know that I got you dead to rights. I said, it's only a matter of time before the evidence comes out. So, Well, time right now seems to be uh, condensed. That uh, you, you have to move quickly on this, I think. Also, from what I know from many, 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 many clients, the Texas uh, justice system is crooked. And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, can I get an amen? Uh, so be really, really careful. Uh, there, there's a couple of people you have to do an end run around. Uh, I see two people you have to do an end run around them, but I think you're going to come out ahead. Um, I, I, I see you getting money. Um, I see. Well, I see you getting, you know, settlement anyway. So uh, I'd say hang in there. Miss Cat will give you some really good root work to do to uh, um, give you a through line on this, I think. But uh, be, be really careful. There, there's traps here. There's some traps, and be sure it's uh, be, be sure you you know what to look for. Sometimes you can uh, turn these traps around on the people trying to get you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that was very interesting. Um, the idea of that there are some people who are going to lie, and you may have already seen this, Justin. I mean, you may already yes, know no. about it. No. It's, it's, in other words, we're we're reading it, but you're going, I'm living it, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, I'm going to, I know because you're a graduate of my course, that you know a lot of this type of work. You may not need my words right now, but I'm going to give them anyway because I know you have been primarily asking about the timing and not for a spell to do, because I'm sure you know these spells. But I'm going to give you an idea of a spell that will speed up timing, okay? So uh, let's just say it's a court case. We're going to maybe use a brown candle. Um, we're maybe going to use you. Does it, it does involve a financial settlement to you, right? Right, it does. All right. So I want you to lay out, uh, you know, put out a candle in the center, and I want you to do all of the usual court case things around it. You know, court case root to chew and a little bit of deer's tongue for your eloquence and a little bit of calendula for luck in court. And you know all that stuff, right? You know what I'm talking about. And you can crush some of that to a powder and use it to dress the candle and some court case oil or whatever. Now, to speed up time, I'm going to have you put out... 12 small candles, and these could be birthday candles. Um, They could be four-inch candles, and you're going to set them out like a clock, okay? And you're going to put a coin 
at uh, not under each one, but with each one. So it's like a clock that has a candle and a coin, okay? Because you're looking for money. If you were looking for something else, it would not be a coin. I'm just trying to make clear here that I don't always use coins with these, but you're going to um, lay out a candle and a coin. You're going to start at, if you know what a, a, a clock looks like, you're going to start at what would be sunrise. So this is going to be facing the east. It's going to be at the 9 o'clock position or maybe even a little earlier, 8 o'clock position on the wheel. You're going to light that candle. And as it burns, but not don't let it burn down a lot, you're going to move it to the next position. In other words, if it was 8, it goes to 9. And its coin goes with it. Don't let You've got to do this before all 12 candles burn out. You see, each candle moves up and you're accumulating another candle. You're going to need a big table to do this on or a cluster of these candles together. This is done to speed up time. You're moving the candles ahead before they naturally burn out and you're just saying, "Come on, bring it. You know, we're going to we're going to go. We're going to work all day and all the night and we're going to bring those coins." And when you get all the way around, your 12 positions, all of your candles should be, you know, on the verge of burning out. The last one will be still high. You're just going to let them burn out naturally, and you'll have those 12 coins all collected in one place. Did that make sense to you? Do you understand what I just said? Yes, ma'am. All right. And anything that's that's I always go back to that replay on it. You know me, I always review these, so I'm on it. Yeah, right. So this is this is done, like, bring it on, bring it fast, bring it fast. So what you're doing would be 12 hours of work. You're going to do it as in as short a few minutes as you can. That's why I said birthday candles. You don't want something that's going to burn for 12 hours. You're going to want something that burns really quick. A little birthday candles, a little Hanukkah candle, something like that. And you're going to just bring them around, and you're going to do it. And when they go out, you say, okay, now I want time to speed up. I want this to speed up as much as that happened. It's like making a you know, a, a stop-action animation, <laughs> or it's like making a, a, a high-speed video. You see what I'm saying? Um, the elapsed time becomes much shorter. Now, all those coins are there, too, okay? Those coins were for your um, win, for your settlement, for what you're going to get, right? So you also want to be able to um, do it in such a way that you are uh, having that um, great... Um, uh, success, I guess is the word I want to say. Okay, so that's how how I would do it. Now, as far as as far as um, you know, what else is um, you can do to add to it? Once you have those twelve coins, I want you to um, carry them with you as a you know a little bag. Those are going to be your lucky coins, and just. Keep them with you. Now, if you really wanted to get into coin magic, you could use uh, uh, coins of different denominations. You could use coins that were like good luck coins, zodiac coins, coins from different places. You are smart enough and know enough to pick those coins. If you just want them all to be pennies, make them all be pennies. But personally, I'd make them all at least be dimes. That's just how I am. All right. I hope that was of help to you. And... Um, Good luck to you in your work, and check in with us again. Okay. It is mm. t- time for our tritone. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network. 
Broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, Thursdays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8, all time specific, add 3 hours for Eastern. All of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, where you will see them listed by title and episode and with clickable links. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Reverend John St. Germain of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, Reverend John. Well, hi there. Well, since we're talking about our uh, past uh, influences and ancestors, um, this is an ancestral uh, contact uh, exercise. You could call it a spell. And um, there were uh, many crystals and stones you can use uh, to enhance this. Uh, petrified wood uh, is traditionally used for this, and uh, amethyst, purple kyanite, and uh, damborite is especially good. Now, damborites and kyanite are very high vibrational stones, and uh, um, you should probably <clears throat> work with these if you're uh, uh, experienced with working for crystals. And you, you really start – these should be flat stones because you're going to lay on your back and put these on your forehead, and you don't want to have to worry about balancing a pillar, uh, you know, or a, or an uneven stone on your head. Um, palm stones work really well for this purpose, and um, you'll probably need a, a picture or a name of the person you're trying to contact to concentrate on. You, uh, you set this in front of you, you can sit in a uh, lotus position or comfortably in a chair, and you focus on this person. Now, you want to anoint your forehead with uh, spirit guide oil or psychic vision oil, or you can make a, uh, a powder or an ointment, and an ointment is a good idea, um, by grinding up into a powder uh, celery seed, flax seed, um, star anise, uh, you know, mix this uh, with some uh, with some salve of some sort, dandelion root works. Uh, uh, Colts foot, root. You can uh, do that. There's a there's a number of things you can look it up in the uh, herbology books uh, for psychic vision. And you anoint your forehead. Uh, you rub it in really well, your third eye, and you put one of these stones on it, and you lay back after you firmly concentrate on the ancestor you're attempting to concentrate on, and then you send this out. You concentrate on this, and you may not get an answer the first time, right? Um, uh, but if you're diligent and you keep trying, you'll certainly get an answer. And one of the things about summoning uh, familiar spirits is uh, I think it's necessary to test them. You ask them something only they would know. You know, like, what did you call me when I was young? What was my nickname? You know, what was the name of um, your dog? Well, you know, something only they would know. Because uh, uh, 
like when you make an ancestor altar, for instance, you'll sometimes get uh, trickster spirits that come by and pretend to be, oh, yeah, 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 I'm your Uncle Bill. Yeah, that's me. Because, you know, they want your offerings, right? And once you get a trickster spirit hanging around your altars and stuff, it's really hard to get rid of them. But that's a, a very handy spell. And it's uh, very good to uh, to summon you and, and ask them questions and get visions from them. It, um, you'd be surprised how fast you can do it, too, if you uh, – if you're uh, good at this sort of thing. All right. Well, um, mm-hmm. I'd like to to know a couple of questions about this. Sure. How long, how long would you do this? You mean for the first time? Uh, as long as you yeah. can hold concentration. Um, you know, Claude Comlin had an exercise where you uh, take a crystal ball and fix it with your attention as long mm-hmm. as you can. We talked about it on the Crystal Silence League, and he says start with five minutes. And I was uh, teaching someone this the other day. They came by the uh, the church, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we did some readings. They wanted to know, you know, some uh, uh, how to do silent projection, you know, silent influence. And I mm-hmm. gave them the crystal ball, and I said, uh, concentrate on that for five minutes. And I said, that's going to be the longest five minutes of your life. And, you know, they couldn't <laughs> do it. They couldn't do it for a minute. And uh, And I said, I want you to take that home. And when you can get up to five minutes, let me know. And uh, <laughs> uh, that, that was last week. So, you know, she texted me. She goes, oh, this is so hard. I said, it really is. And said, and eventually you want to be able to build up to 10 minutes and 15 minutes. And uh, so as long as you can hold concentration. So I really suggest if you've never done it before, uh, the first thing you do is take that crystal that you're going to use, the petrified wood or kyanite, and learn to focus on it for five minutes. And really, that is the longest when you first did that, the longest five minutes. Your your mind is going all over the place, and you just keep bringing it to that spot on that crystal. And, you know, we got the book, Secrets of the Crystal Silence League, that, that will help you with it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, there's, in fact, there's a couple of books here, and we also have a question in the chat. The Red Queen asked, would celestite work? Any of the angel stones, you bet. Um uh, any of the angel stones, they're all high vibration. And uh, Dambrot, Celestine, uh, Celestine, um, one of the other ones, uh, uh, I don't, I can't have them right at my fingertips like that, but there's uh, like five angel stones. Um, uh, yeah, any of the angel stones should work. And uh, understand they each have different vibrations, so you may uh, tailor them to what you're trying to summon. Uh, there's some that are good for fairies, some good for angels, some good for uh, uh, Merlinite is uh, really good for the really old ancestors. You know, you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, the really old ancestors. Yeah. And But uh, the ones you pull in with Merlinite are uh, usually really old and very powerful. So, again, make sure you, your concentration is really good. Uh, there's there's a whole, whole subject there of uh, – uh, summoning the ancestral spirits. They're not all, you know, necessarily of your bloodline. They're teachers, uh, mentors, mm. uh, people in your lineage. Uh, ancestor doesn't necessarily mean your grandfather, right? Uh, yeah. It could be someone notable um, in your lineage, uh, you know, a famous person in your lineage, in your discipline. Uh, I consider Adele one of my ancestors, uh, my my primary mentor these days, really. Um, and uh, I, uh, I feel her spirit helped guide uh, this whole uh, process, uh, process of getting – I think she wanted her story told. There were many, mm-hmm. many miraculous events that occurred during this whole thing. Um, yeah. There's so a couple think, of others that are known as angel stones. I'm just putting them in the chat. Seraphonite, selenite, angelite, 
Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, That's right. Those are those are also known as angel stones. I like the mm-hmm. idea of petrified wood for uh, spirits of the far past of your lineage. But yeah, I, I really, really, I'm just looking yeah. right now at a ball of merlinite, and I'll tell you, nothing oh, beats merlinite. Oh, good. It's like looking into the universe. It really is. It <laughs> is. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, John St. Germain. And remember, John St. Germain himself is the author of a book called Crystal Magic. And that book yes. has a whole lot on stone. So pick up that book, Crystal Magic, John St. Germain. All right. Uh, well, here's our music. So I'm going to turn this over to our announcer, Reverend James. And um, he's going to waltz us away for a while. And then we'll come back and I'll give a few announcements and say goodbye. So take it away, Reverend James. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, John St. Germain of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com and Miss Miss Cat of LuckyMojo.com as co-hosts, both in California, bringing us a discussion on their new book debuting at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, Sneaky Tricks, How to Hide Your Hoodoo in Plain Sight. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I am your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from polconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live at Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive at via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. All right. Thank Goodbye. you, Reverend James. <laughs> so now I've got a couple of announcements. We're going to be plugging those tickets. Go to HoodooHeritageFestival.com and buy your tickets. If you were interested in John's book, then you know you can get the whole book. It comes in the goodie box. Next week, Michael and I will be presenting on the book that she wrote, and she let me jump in at the end and add a few little things. So it's really her show. It'll be Sneaky Tricks, How to Hide Your Hoodoo in Plain Sight. And this is what so many people have asked. I can't burn candles because someone will find out. This is a whole book on how to hide everything. Candles, Mm. mojo hands, Mm. jewelry, food, it's everything. All Mm. right. Uh, So that's it. Next week we'll see you, and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.